Testing. There we go. Sorry about that. Today's message is entitled, Superheroes and Christmas Presents. And we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12, if you want to thumb there in your Bibles. And you might be thinking, what do superheroes and Christmas presents have to do with church? And the implications for the answers to this question are really far-reaching for our church family, and they're bigger than you can even imagine. Let's break that up a little bit, because Christmas presents and uh, superheroes seem to be almost almost uh, separate, two separate uh, issues here. So we're going to break it up a little bit. Superheroes and superpowers. When you were growing up, did you have a favorite superhero? Anybody have a favorite superhero? Superpower that you always wish you had? Anybody? What do you want? What do you want, Dave? Superman? Hercules? Okay. Big, strong, tear down the pagan temple. Anybody else? I know one of mine was Thor. Maybe it was my Norwegian uh, grandpa would tell me about Norse uh, mythology, but I always liked Thor. I always liked his hammer, Mjolnir, you know, you just take out all the enemies, shoot fire, or I'm not sorry, not fire, but lightning out of it. He could even fly with it, but he spun it fast enough and threw it that way. He'd go sailing through the air. He didn't like where he was. He could just raise it up and yell, Himdo, Bifrost, and it would transport him somewhere else. I, I really liked Thor growing up. And superheroes, they're a really big deal in today's society. Marvel movies, for example, the Avengers series and all those type of superhero movies, they've made billions upon billions Billions with a B dollars right now. So they're a big deal in today's society. And I looked up the definition of superhero in Webster's. I was just curious what, what the exact definition of it was. And Webster says a superhero is a fictional hero having extraordinary or superhuman powers or an exceptionally skillful or successful person. And I thought, well, I think that gets about half the idea of a superhero out there. Superheroes are more than just extraordinary, super-powered, or exceptionally skilled people. That's not even half of what makes a superhero a superhero. Superheroes are superheroes because they utilize their abilities within a specific context to help in a very specific way. And I don't care what superpower someone is claiming to have, whether they're fighting or flying or shooting lightning out of a hammer or running or strength or any of these other kinds of, of superpowers, whether it's slinging webs or, or doing um, extraordinary things, having superpower, you can have that superpower, but if you never use it, you're not really a hero, are you? <coughs> you're just a person with a gift. For example, what if Clark Kent never donned that Superman outfit? What if he had never flown through the air to help people? What if he said, you know, I know I have all these incredible abilities, but I just want to live a quiet life. I just want to work a job. I want to have a family. I want to just live a quiet life, you know, sit on the couch on Saturday, drink a beer, and watch NASCAR. What if that's what Clark Kent had said? 
and he never became Superman. Would he have ever been a real superhero? No. Would it have mattered if he would have been the most powerful being on earth, if no one ever saw him use his powers? No. There's an author named Leon Bloy who once said that any Christian who is not a hero is a pig. I thought that was a pretty strong statement of him to say. And I winced a little bit because it, it does sting a bit. But there's also some truth to it. And the reason is because if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, do you know that God has given you superpowers so that you too can be a superhero? I'm not saying that he's made it possible for you to become famous. I'm not saying he's, he's done something where you can fly through the air or have movies made about you. Most of us will never be known widely in this world. But fame is not part of the equation of what makes a person a superhero. A superhero is someone who utilizes his or her abilities into a specific context to help in a specific way. In fact, I think part of loving your church is being the hero that God has called you to be. And the hero that God has called you to be comes with superpowers. You're part of a superpower team, and you have a specific context for those powers. <coughs> Excuse me. You have a specific po uh, context for those powers to be used in a community that needs you. You have superpowers. The Bible calls superpowers spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 starts off letting us know that Paul, the author of the letter, is going to talk about spiritual gifts. And elaborating on them, he says this. 1 Corinthians 12. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of ministries and the same Lord. There are a variety of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And Father, I ask, Lord, as we go through this, these scriptures, as we go through this message, I ask, Father, that you help us to realize that not only have you saved us, not only have you loved us, not only have you promised us an incredible destiny in the future, but you have promised us an incredible destiny in the present. That not only have you called us, but you have also equipped us with supernatural power and strength. Help us to be the heroes you have called us to be, Lord. I ask this in your name. Amen. Now the part I want to zoom in on is the last part of verse 6. God works all things in all persons. Meaning that God empowers gifts in his followers. We'll spend a little more time on that first part. God gives each and every one of his followers at least one, and sometimes more than one, spiritual gift. A spiritual gift is a Holy Spirit-empowered ability given to serve others. Let me say that again. A spiritual gift is a Holy Spirit-empowered ability that is given to serve others. 
It is a spiritual superpower, if you will, given to you to use in a specific context to help in a specific way. Some of these potential gifts could be something like exhortation, encouraging somebody to, to keep running after the things that God would have the rum after. Maybe it's giving, not only just financial giving, but giving of time, giving of resources, giving of, of something that you have that others need. Maybe it's leadership. Maybe you're the kind of person that God has blessed with the ability to take charge to make sure that you can serve others in leading them where they need to go. Maybe it's mercy. Maybe you need to be one of the people that when somebody stumbles or falls in life, that you come up alongside them, not in judgment, but to help them get back up and keep running for Jesus. Maybe it's service, doing something that is way behind the scenes that no one else is ever going to see. Maybe it's teaching or administration or discernment. Faith helps, knowledge or wisdom. All those different things can be a superpower that you can use for the kingdom of God. <coughs> Sorry for the coughing. There are really two really important things to remember about spiritual gifts. Number one is that God is the one who picked yours. This isn't something that you went out and tried to encourage God to give you. The passage that tells us the one who empowers us, Romans 12, 6 says, we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. And it's important to realize that, again, we didn't request that these gifts be given to us. God in his infinite wisdom, God in his love and his care and his power knew exactly which gifts you needed and which gifts were best suited for you according to his plan and his purpose and his mission for you. So don't waste your time being jealous of someone else's gift. Anybody ever been jealous? You know, one of the things I sometimes get jealous about, people who can really sing and play an instrument. Sometimes I wish I could just play an instrument and sing and lead worship. But that's just not something that God has given me. He's, he's gifted me in other ways. But it doesn't, so I trust him in that, and I try to develop that gift in every way I can so I can honor him with his decision and which gift he's given me. You know, that's just awesome that God has blessed us and entrusted us with our special abilities to make a difference in our communities and in our world. The second thing we want to remember about spiritual gifts is that it is a spirit-empowered gift. And when you heard that list of possible gifts, there's an obvious question that arises. It seems that some people are naturally gifted with those, but they're not Christians. Use teaching, for example. There are some, some people out there that are just awesome teachers. They can boil down the theory of relativity and make it understandable to you and me. So they're excellent teachers. And the thing to realize is that there are a lot of really good teachers out there, some amazing, incredible teachers. But there is a difference between great teaching and a teaching empowered by the Holy Spirit. A gift that has been, a naturally given gift that has been set on fire by God himself. 
One teaching with a spiritual gift of teaching does so while being led by the Spirit, guided by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, and supported by the Spirit. That's incredibly different than a person exercising a natural gifting. Think about it this way. Everybody remember who Mike Tyson was? Big, big, giant boxer. You think being, like, he's been, what, retired for over 10 years now? Do you think being punched by him might hurt today? He's got some natural ability and strength, doesn't he? Now imagine how hard that punch would have been when he was in his prime. It's kind of the same thing. The difference between the Holy Spirit empowering us and um, and uh, and some and some and somebody blessed with the Holy Spirit, or think of it this way: if Superman has kryptonite in his pocket, and now he's Clark Kent, and he goes and he punches you in the chest, probably going to hurt. Clark Kent was a decent-sized guy, but now he takes a kryptonite out of his pocket, throws it away, and now throws a punch. Think about that. You're going to end up on Pluto, right? It's the same thing with a person's filled with the Holy Spirit. There's more than just natural ability going on. There is supernatural ability going on. Let me give you an example of how God can, can use just a simple act of obedience and use it to further his kingdom. In, 19, in 1850, a young man ducked inside a church it was a horrible blizzard out. He was trying to get to, to, a, to a food place to get some food for his family, and the blizzard was so bad that he had to get out of the blizzard, and the only door that was open was a church. And the blizzard was raging so badly that the only people that lived within a block of this church were able to make it into the church at that time. <coughs> Not even the pastor could make it in. So the one deacon who happened to live next door to the church stood up and tried to give an impromptu message. And the guy who was a deacon, he was not very educated, he could barely read, had no Bible training or seminary training, and he did his best. He stumbled through a reading and did a short and wandering devotional. But suddenly, the Holy Spirit touched him, and he pointed to that young man that no one had ever seen before, and he said, Look to Jesus, young man! Look! Look at Jesus! And that young man was stricken in his heart, ran forward and gave his heart to Jesus. Right. Bringing it back to our superpowers, the Holy Spirit used that deacon's gift of faithfulness and obedience. And even though most people would have thought that sermon was a failure, they would have been looking at their watches going, oh my gosh, is this guy done yet? A young man's soul was saved. That young man who was saved was Charles Hayden Spurgeon. If you don't know who that was, that was one of the most famous preachers in all of Europe and probably one of the most famous preachers in all of history. Any pastor worth his salt has a book or two of Charles Spurgeon's sermons on his bookshelf. He was called the King of Preachers. You have been given an amazing ability to be used by God. And that's exciting, isn't it? It might be also slightly confusing because the natural question might be, well, what are my gifts then? How do I find out my gifts? There are three ways to discover your gifting. Number one is experiment by serving. 
Get involved somewhere. There are many different ways to get involved. Here at our church, we could use more cleaners. We could use help in our, with our landscaping sometime in August when all that snow out there melts. Um, snow blowing, snow removal, mowing the lawn, just different ways of helping just, you know, with our immediate church family. There are a dozen ways we can connect you even here in town with volunteer opportunities. It doesn't even necessarily have to be within the context of a church, although we would, we would want you to be involved here, but it doesn't necessarily have to be here. The hospital could always use volunteers. The nursing home could always use volunteers. There's always places that need people for, to help out. Do something, even if it's just for a month or two. You'll find out really quick if God wants you to do it because you'll start wanting to do it. You'll start looking forward to doing it. Another way is ask others. Ask specific people who you spend time with and whom you trust, whom you love, to tell you the different ways that they can see God using you in the church community. Some of the questions you could ask them are, what do you think my spiritual gifts are? Which one comes to mind when you think of me? How can I make this community better? What, I, when you, what do I do that you see Jesus coming out in me? Different questions you can ask yourself. Number three is check your energy level. As you try serving in different opportunities, ask yourself how you're feeling. If you find yourself tired or dreading and going and and into the serving opportunity, that's probably not your gifting. When God touches your gifting, you can't wait to go. I can't wait to go to church sometimes on Sunday morning. Right. Most times, to be honest with you, because I, want, because I want my gift to be exercised. That's where I really feel God touching me. Whatever your gift is, they are supernaturally given to you by God. They are something that you are empowered by the Spirit to do. Not for your own gain. Your gifts are given to you not to make yourself feel good. They're given for the benefit of others. You're not alone. You have a superhero team. You have an entire team here. You remember Michael Jordan. He's a point guard for the Chicago Bulls. One of the best basketball players who has ever lived. But do you know why he was the best basketball player who ever lived? Because he had a Scottie Pippen feeding him. He had a Scottie Pippen making sure that he had the ball at exactly the right time for him to do his fadeaway jumper and score all those points. You have a team here that you will be supporting and being supported by. God didn't call any lone rangers. He called together a team. Jesus didn't call one disciple. He called 12 disciples. The 12 disciples didn't just stick with 12 disciples. They hired seven deacons. And that, that repeated itself throughout the churches. Paul told Timothy and Titus, you know, go and appoint more elders. Raise up more people <coughs> to do the work of the ministry. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 12, 3-8, For through the grace given to me, I say to every one among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to th think so 
as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same functions, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the pr proportion of his faith, in service, in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, or he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who sows mercy with cheerfulness. This passage complements the one we read in 1 Corinthians 12, that you and I, we need each other. It's not a lone ranger, it is a team. Because here's the most important part about your superpower is it was meant to be exercised in the context of a team and in a community. The Bible teaches that spiritual gifts are not given for, to us, for us, but for others. What does 1 Corinthians 12, 7 say? But that your gifts and my gifts were given for the common good. Your gifts were given to you to help others, to serve others, to benefit others. They weren't just given for us and for our enjoyment. We have different giftings because we need one another. Romans 12.5 even takes it so far as to say that we are members of one another, meaning each member belongs to all the others. So your gifts aren't yours, they're mine. And my gifts aren't really mine, they're yours. God made the DNA of this church to be supernaturally infused with all of the gifts, working according to the Holy Spirit's plan and purpose. This should be both a lesson in humility, but also a lesson in responsibility for all of us. Humility because the gifts are not about us, but responsibility because God knew someone else would need our gifting. That type of power that can change, that's the kind of power that can change a church for God, change a neighborhood for God, or even change this nation for God. If the world can look into the church and see the church the way it's supposed to be, supernatural people dwelling in supernatural giftings and strength, all wrapped up in God's love. But remember, to just have a power isn't what makes a hero. There has to be action. God in his wisdom and his plan decided that he would empower us with an ability to serve one another and the world around us. Can you just stretch out your imagination for a moment and imagine what our church would be like if everyone who calls this church home were flowing in a spiritual gifting? Can you remember what our community would be like or what this city would be like if all the Christians in Whitehall and the surrounding areas were serving in ways that utilize the gifts 
that God has given us. Think about the changes that could be made. Imagine it. Dream it. Let it be a, a, something that, that, that pushes you to pray about it. And let's take it back to our initial question of the message. What do superheroes and Christmas presents have to do with a church? We've talked a lot about superheroes, but not a whole lot about Christmas. So let's switch gears just for a second. Anyone here that doesn't like opening Christian or Christmas presents? Think back to when you were a child on Christmas morning. Go back to being six years old. You've been looking at these presents under the tree for weeks now. Your parents have wrapped them. They're sitting there, maybe a present or two. You've been looking at it. When they weren't looking, you'd go over and you'd pick it up and see how heavy it was. Maybe you'd shake it a little bit, see, let's see, is that a model? Is that a train or does it feel like socks? You know, you're trying to figure out what this present is. Christmas morning comes. You finally get to open your presents. Your parents have been, been waiting for you to be, you know, overjoyed by this present. And you go downstairs and you kind of pick it up, you look at it, you go, eh, throw it away, walk back over to your room. How do you think the person who bought you that present would feel? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ who's not utilizing the spiritual gift that God has given you for the betterment of his church and community, then you're acting like a Christmas present that's ignored and refusing to be opened. You're choosing to be Clark Kent watching NASCAR and drinking beer and never living up to the incredible potential that God has given you. You're walking up to the gift that God has given you, kind of shrugging your shoulders, saying, eh, and walking away. But that's not how it's supposed to be. So my final question, why did God give you to our church? Most of the time we ask what we can get out of our church. But that's the wrong question. Why did God give this community of believers the gift of you? Was it because you're a good teacher? Was it because you're a potential leader? Was it because you have a gift of discernment or encouragement or helps? What is your superpower? What is the gift that God has given you? I would encourage you to find that out for yourself and don't be an unopened gift. Discover that gift that God has empowered you with. Discover the way that you can passionately utilize those gifts and be the gifts that you are. Serve his church, serve your community the way that God has made you to be and with the gifts he has given you. Be a hero for Jesus. I can't speak for you. I don't, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I know for myself, I want to be a hero for Jesus. And I certainly don't want to be a pig. Amen.